Vanessa, guys, we don't need to be like this. Uh, we, we shouldn't be like this. Life and work should always be about fun. You need to have fun at work. Um, you need to love what you do. And if we're feeling burned out, we've got to do things very differently. And that was when I realized, guys, we need to build the real estate business um, to a point where we need to help other young professionals who are burned out, who um, you know have really great uh, income jobs, but they may be spending, especially social media uh, personnel. Like you don't need that. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I have Mandy Moore on the show, and Mandy Moore is someone who's got a PR company of over 15 years, and she's a real estate investor. So we're going to get the benefit of not only talking about real estate investing, but talking about PR. So if you're listening to this episode and you want to learn, how do I get through the noise in social media? How do I build a brand that's going to endure or last, especially if there's like a ton of competition? That's some things we're going to be talking about today at some point in the episode. But we're going to start from the point where Mandy was in the hospital. Like a lot of us, she worked a lot of hours and had a crazy life and business. It landed her in the hospital. We're going to start the story from there and take her through. And then we're going to pick up the wisdom, the insights, and the business practices she implemented to not be living that life anymore. So guys, stay tuned through the episode. Mandy, take us into it. Thank you, Matt. So yeah, um, I believe it was back in 2019. Uh, it was spank in the middle of July. It's really hot, but I remember uh, just grabbing my lunch at like three, four in the afternoon. I was feeling really, really cold. Um, or it could be breakfast. I don't remember, right? Um, and it was a very busy time for us. There were a lot of events, a lot of uh, PR campaigns. Um, but at that time, like my body was not even, um, it was rejecting the food, uh, rejecting even water. So, uh, and I decided to go home, but the situation got worse because um all my limbs, especially start with my fingers, um, it just started to seize up. Like literally was frozen. Like I'm like trying to open my palm and I couldn't do it. Um, and then I'm like, okay, whatever, right? You know, it's just that mindset again, we have a lot going on. I just need more rest. Um, and uh, it started from there. Then it got worse to my elbows and my, and my shoulders. And I couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't even text on my phone. <laughs> to tell the team what was going on and, and what they need to follow up on. Um, and then it got to a point where it was unbearable, where I couldn't feel my feet, then it was waist down. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? So we ended up, uh, we ended up going to the ER um, and uh, you know they put me on a bunch of tests and whatnot. And during that time, um, because we didn't have the answers of what's going on. So there were a lot of raising thoughts in my head. It's like, what's going to happen to me? Uh, what is this about? Is it, um, in, you know, is, 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 is it like a family thing that I don't know about? Um, but afterwards on the same day in the evening, uh, they came back and said, oh, you know, you're just, all the blood work was fine. You're just overexhausted. I'm like, come on, there must be something more. Um, but then they just said we, I was, you know, dehydrated. Um, I was lacking whatever, whatever minerals. Um, and uh, all I needed was more rest, more water. I'm like, but buddy, I, I can't, my body's rejecting water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come on, what can we do here? Um, so, so that was the, the moment that was really scary for me. Um, uh, they ended up finding there was nothing wrong. Um, so I was discharged right away. Um, and then I was thinking to myself, okay, if that's the case, nothing a Gatorade cannot fix. 
<laughs> right? Although it's just sugar, but electrolytes. Um, so the next day, what happened was I ended up going to a client event. And then the day after, I flew out for another client event that we were hosting. So it was um, nonstop still after that incident, although it was supposed to uh, change a couple of things, especially in lifestyle and the way we run businesses. Um, but I would say, thinking back now, that was the trigger point to how I um, needed to run business differently and how we need to expand even more businesses and dabble into real estate investing. Give us an idea too, like what was your work day, work week like leading up to that event? Wow. Um, so aside from the PR business, um, my husband and I also have, uh, between the two of us, we have uh, three other businesses together combined. So the PR is one thing. And um, no matter how how um, successful we grow our clients' events, and we have a team of you know account uh, managers and directors and designers and interns to serve them, sometimes your face, like they want to talk to you for one little thing or one big thing because it's that client relationship, right? So, so a lot of my, a, a typical week would be like client uh, lunches, dinners, trying to figure out what they're doing six months later, what are their plans, how we can strategically line up our communications and our campaigns um, to ramp up for whatever the launch they have next. Um, I was also a editor for a luxury magazine. So I would fly to different places um, to um, like, you know, whatever you see on Instagram, right? Sometimes it's glamorous, but it isn't. So if I had a press trip where I would land like a red eye flight and they escort you immediately, there's no breaks. Good heavens if you can sleep on the flight, but if you cannot, you land at nine o'clock and you're immediately working like nine to nine, right? Um, it's fun because you get to go to a different place, experience different things and cultures and experiences in the brand. Um, usually, especially with luxury brands, they, they, it's really top notch experience, but you're just dead tired at eat like midday. So, um, so sometimes these press trips, you land, you work like 12, 24 hours, you come back. I remember we went to a um, event in New York with a brand of this color, blue color. <laughs> um, like uh, the Kardashians were there um, and uh, a lot of the Hollywood A-listers were there as, as a brand launch. And man, I, I had lunch at 12 a.m. that day. So that was a typical day for us. And then going back to the office and, um, you know, managing the team and encouraging the team and uh, sharing the insights and say, guys, this is what we need to head into in the next six months, 12 months. That's where the trend is. We need to like do things now versus be, you know, a trend follower. So yeah, that was sort of my day and no family time, no friends time. That was, that was how we built the businesses. <laughs> Just all work all the time, all break or all gas, no break, as they say. So yeah. you're, this is your life. You're doing a lot of red eye type things, working all day. Your body is not obviously built to handle that sustained. So you get in the hospital, you get the diagnosis that you need to relax more. You need to hydrate more. And it's like, you're like, that can't possibly be right. One, right? Because the symptoms are greater than that. But also like, wouldn't that be the worst diagnosis in the world for someone that's working as hard as you? Yeah. So I think, you know, when I was in the ER with me, you know, the IV drip and everything, um, I'm just thinking, okay, what's next for me? Right. What if, um, and at that point, really, like, if you don't have health, none of these things would matter. Like the legacy, whatever, nothing, none of it would matter. But, um, 
And that was really like a, an awakening moment for me in that chair, having the IV drip. But the moment I was out, I'm like, God, we got to go back to work, <laughs> you know, because it's not only myself, but I do have a team. Like I, I'm basically responsible for their payroll and my clients' campaigns. So there was a lot of, you know, I feel like a lot of responsibility that I had to make sure um, everybody's taken care of. Um, and literally the moment I stepped out or the next day, it's like, yeah, I need to eat on time, exercise a bit more. But it was back to full gear like a week after. So you're back to full gear. How long did it take for the, the true realization of what had happened to kick in? Yeah, I would say a couple of months later. Um, so it was uh, probably like in the like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning when I was just thinking, because we do have a lot of international clients that uh, we bring overseas and launch them in, in North America. So doing that time difference or when I'm, you know, um, corresponding with them, you know, in my 9, 11 PMs or in the AMs. Um, that was when I was, you know, doing a lot of things that I didn't need to do. I'm like, I have staff doing accounting. I have staff doing all of this stuff, but I still need to oversee and sign off on a lot of things. And that was when I realized I am the bottleneck in my company. And I really need to let a lot of things go and give the ownership and the accountability to my team members so I can move on to bigger things where I should be on bigger things. And that was, um, you know, it was just, everybody was asleep, you know, and, and I'm just sitting there in my den thinking, what the hell am I doing now? I should be sleeping. Like we're paying people to do this stuff, but <laughs> why am I doing all the work? And that was the realization. like, okay, we have to change. We have to change. Um, I need to be a business owner. I cannot be an operator, right? And the big fear in that sort of change is that you turn it over to the team. The team doesn't handle it as well as you do. Business tanks, especially when you're talking about A-list. I mean, talking about the Kardashians and these types of events. So what ended up happening as you transitioned that business to your team? Wow. Very good question. Um, I think, uh, so, you know, 10, 15 years in the business, it's, it's, it's not always smooth sailing. Um, there are times when you get burnt, when, uh, your vendors or staff or whoever, you know, sometimes they, they really burn you. Uh, so, so I've, I've learned my lesson. So I do take, um, I do take each strategy and execution very, very carefully. Um, and especially on who we hire. So when you say passing it on to the team, sometimes it's it's really, um, it's a challenge for me. It's a challenge every day because I think, especially when it comes to social media, right? Back in the days, I remember my one of our first events was like, hey, we have to do a Facebook Live. And everybody was so excited because it was the only trending thing. Like who does, like, well, we do Facebook Lives now, but it's more about Instagram or TikTok, right? So as we transition to different platforms for a younger and younger demographic, we end up having to hire younger staff members. And sometimes I do find that there's not one generation gap, but generation gaps, right? Even the, the words that they use, the hashtag that they use. So, so sometimes I'm like, if I do hand off one component, for example, social, social media to my, uh, who are very capable staff members, sometimes I feel like, is that the right brand approach or right strategy for our clients? Because at the end of the day, my face, right? My name is behind the company. Um, and uh, it's a tough decision. I like every day. It's, it's just, is that the right approach for us? Is that the right approach for um, our clients? And it's a constant um, uh, I would say, um, conversation that we have to have, uh, to make sure we have the right balance. Yeah. And when you talk about getting burned, my 
mind goes to the idea that this person builds a relationship with your client and then takes them. Is is that what you mean or? Yes, yes, that has happened before. Or you know, you train staff members and uh, you you train them to a certain level, and then they boom, they they go to the next ones, right? So so that's one of the um, uh, challenges that we've had as well, and especially with PR, it's like you know, clients go to the person, right? Not necessarily the firm or the agency. Yeah. And so that can perpetuate the cycle, right? Because I mean, obviously you build a business to have freedom, you build a business to have the life you want, but then you could trap yourself in this game where you're perpetually the hardest worker. You work a hundred hour weeks, you got a lot in the bank, but you know, your life doesn't show very well as a result of it. So what is, yeah. what did the final picture roll out? Like when you started delegating, where did you settle on was the right balance for you? Um, wow. So I think it's, um, I, I do take, um, a lot of time and a lot of priority for my health right now. Um, I do drink and, you know, have my vitamins and try to exercise regularly. Um, not as often as I want to, but, um, it's, it's in the progress. I believe it's like a, you know, every day it's a, you, you put in the work on that. Um, but when you say delegation, sometimes it's just a trust, right? When you hire someone, you just have to trust them. And I think um, sharing our vision with them, where I'm going with all of our businesses and where their potential growth could be. And, you know, I'm at a stage where, hey, if this person is really capable and of course their heart and the mind in the right place, um, I don't mind profit sharing. I don't mind, uh, you know, maybe taking a, a small dividend, um, and have them run the business. And I go in, like right now I go in about, uh, well, I go into the office every day, but I'm doing other things in the office. But strategically with the team, I am I could be um, two weeks off, no problem. Three weeks off, no problem. Um, because, you know, we do have that vision. We have laid down the groundwork. And I think, you know, post pandemic, um, all of our standards of procedures, all the SOPs are not relevant anymore. So rebuilding the company and now, you know, rebuilding the company the way that it's um, it's uh, uh, recession proof or bulletproof. Um, that's one of the big things that I should be working on and just have the team run and execute. And yeah, that's where that's where I'm trying, you know, trying to find the balance now. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Awesome. So you obviously are a real estate investor. 
So what I'd like to pull out of this conversation is I'd like to pull out the branding strategic elements that have made your company successful and how we can apply that to agents and investors. And then I'd also like to talk about your real estate investing journey, but let's start with the insights. So what are the strategies or practices that most agents and investors can adopt that they're not doing now that would help them in their business? Right. Uh, branding is very important. When people think branding, I think one of the biggest mistakes that everybody thinks about is the logo and the colors and the font. And it goes more than that. Branding essentially is storytelling. What's the story that you want to tell? And I highly encourage everybody, especially you know, real estate agents, investors, or anybody in any industry, is not to think about yourself. Think about your, the other people, your clients. Let's say if we have this conversation now, what is it, what is my story that I would like, you know, you, Matt, or you know, the listeners to leave with? What is that one thing that I want them to be, to, to, re, to, to remember? And it's not necessarily just remember, how do you make people feel, right? There's so many brands out there um, competing, right? Even in, in the area of my neighborhood, I see a lot of billboards with real estate agents and they all say the similar things, the number one in your neighborhood or the number one in, in an area or the number one in the province of the state, right? But everybody's number one in one thing. How do you make them feel is very, very critical and, 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 and special. So when we work with them, um, you know, services or brand a product, it's okay, it's great, I'm sure. There's all of R&D involved or behind in that. But what are the benefits of that? How do we want people to feel after they use the service and, and use the product? And I, and I highly encourage everybody to kind of not think about what they offer, but how we want people to feel when they work with us. And I think that is the number one core foundation um, mindset shift that when we go into... Um, uh, you know, international brands or um, uh, uh, any of our clients. That's what we we ask them always. How do you want people to How do you want people to feel when they use your products? Right. So let's let's dive into that for a second. So let's say you have a personality that you're working with, and and, and it's an agent, and that agent is like a hard charging person. They're very assertive, aggressive, right? So they're generally not likely to make somebody feel great. Naturally speaking. How do you craft a brand around someone like that? Wow, very tough question. <laughs> yeah, sorry to put you on the spot like this. Yeah, something that we normally do over, you know, uh, a week, two weeks or months. Um, but, uh, I mean, you can use any, any, um, anything to your advantage. You know, if somebody is very assertive, very, very um, aggressive, um, they could be high achievers and high performers. They have, they have no time for BS, right? So, and they, they really want to deliver results. And I think in a way, when you repackage that and just really focus on, okay. So for example, uh, my mom always say that I'm very stubborn. I'm like, no, I'm not mom. I'm just very determined. Right? Yes. <laughs> I don't give up. <laughs> right. So, so that's also a way that can work to that person or the personality's advantage. Now, is there a way, and that's something that we do, especially um, with, let's say, uh, CEOs or vice presidents of, of a, um, a, a company when they do need to go on camera and, you know, be, be grilled by the camera uh, or by, by the reporters, we train them on how to deal with media, how to repackage certain ways, right? So I've had really shy CEOs there or, you know, they're just shaking and their hands are sweating. And I'm like, okay, there are some tips and ways where you can really go beyond that 
um, or go 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 uh, 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 deal with you know the shyness and create that brand personality for yourself and for your brand. And similarly, for somebody who or a real estate agent who is very assertive, uh, aggressive, there are advantages of that. We just have to highlight that whether they're high performance um, uh, or high energy and they deliver results versus, you know, we can dial back a little bit of those personalities traits. And that's some of the training that we do with, you know, some of our clients. And so if we continue down the assertive path, I mean, really the feeling, right, that that the customer is feeling is is one of, you know, ease or something. Is that like, usually does that translate that way? Like, oh, because this guy's got it or this gal's got it this person can relax because this person's got it all or what generally would be the feelings that you would associate with? Yeah. So we want, I mean, if that's the way we we're uh, packaging a, uh, a personality, I think it's the fact that no matter who he or she works with, that person can, can really have a good night's sleep because they know that the real estate agent or a sort of real estate agent has got their back. They will do whatever it takes to get the deal done with, their um with their um goals and values and their needs and wants as priority right so it's a like kind of like what you said ease of mind um they 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 can feel actually um very the way we package it will feel very um comforted in a sense because they know somebody's got their back totally and something you said just really struck. I wrote down a note on it because we teach it in sales quite a bit too, which is essentially everything is your advantage, right? If you're if you're old, it's because you're wise and you're experienced. If you're young, it's because you've got energy and vitality, right? Everything can be positioned in a way where this is the reason that this company chooses you. Is there anything that like that is not that way or is literally every part of someone's being in essence an, an asset to them? Um, I do believe that everybody shines. We just have to dig through that. Right. And I think sometimes, um, I mean, we work with, um, like I mentioned before, we do media training for, uh, CEOs or VPs. And sometimes it's like, oh my God, they, they really know everything in their field, but they're just not (laughs) very friendly on camera and they don't have that aura. They don't have that vibe, but there are tools and there are uh, steps and there are trainings that we can uh, help them achieve to, you know, being more camera or even people friendly. So I do feel that there are each, each one of us, right, has our strengths and we need to foster uh, those strengths and really highlight them and encourage that. So once that person feels um, or the personality feels uh, comfortable and and you know confident, because you're you can be thrown in an area of like public speaking for once. I know a lot of real estate agents or investors who are really on top of their game, but they're like, oh my gosh, I can't do like I don't I can't do a seminar. I can't go on stage and and and, and speak and do public speaking. But I'm like you can. We just have to um, motivate them in a certain way and encourage them in a certain way and to encourage them to shine. And I really do believe that each one of us has the strengths that we can really foster and, um, and, and glow. Most of the branding experts that I've met in the world, maybe all of them, but I don't want to say all cause I could be wrong. Have, especially females have this soft, soothing voice, very, very calm. Like, is that, an important element? Like, is, is it that way just all the soft, soothing voices flock to branding or is it because that's an essential component of having an effective brand? 
<laughs> oh man, let me smush my BRF face on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> let me smush my voice. Um, yes and no. I, I don't think so. I think it really depends on the industry and the products, yeah. right? And what message you're trying to say. Um, I think, especially in this in the social media space, there's no one particular voice or the delivery method that caters to all. Yes, you can say, you know, generally softer um, or more welcoming or more friendly will cater to the mass. However, it really depends on what you're trying to sell and what you're trying to promote. And sometimes I think a soft voice may or may not work to your advantage if you're selling something, you know, really high performance or, um, uh, you know, like a, I don't know, a race car or something like that, right? You want you want the energy, you want the vibe, you, 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 you need... You need that excitement. So again, going back, depends on the product, depends on the brand. Totally. So let's say someone is not what their brand needs them to be. You mentioned the examples of CEOs need some training. They're not very friendly and that brand needs someone to be friendly. What, what are the steps and the techniques that they can use to modify either their voice or their presentation skills? Wow. Um, so when it depends, I mean, if it's media, if it's uh, in front of camera or you know public speaking, uh, I think maybe we can use public speaking uh, as an example. Uh, so, so one of the the the, the tricks that we uh, advise um, our uh, our partners is just really imagine nobody's there, right? Or there's a dollar sign above everybody's face. Because you're so far enough, you can't really see them. Sometimes the lights are on, they're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? But we know our stuff. Right. So sometimes, especially um, when we are being interviewed or whatnot, we grab one question or one point and we answer to that. Right. And sometimes, especially during Q&A, um, people may ask tough questions. Yes, we got it. But then we can answer in a different way that we are trained for a set or we call different boxes of answers. So uh, even for my staff, when we're training them to host certain events, um, people just write a lot of scripts, right? Hello, my name is blah, 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 blah. And it's like a one page long of script or two pages long. And it's great. Like the first one minute, it's great. Come down to second or third and fifth minute. I'm like, gosh, guys, like get your, get your act together, right? So what we call is just little boxes of information, point form only. Put it in your words, put it in your own tone of voice, however you want to deliver it, whether you are a very fun personality, right? You can use your own example. So athletes, for example, they may make a reference in their sports and how, you know, every, that's something that's personable to them. That works really well when you bring in your own story to tell a brand story or a product story, right? So, um, so again, going back is avoid all the scripting. Let's say even when we're doing kind of going back to how we can implement this on social media in reels and Instagram, great. You got your reels done, right? Your script, 30 seconds, a minute, doesn't matter, but just get the main points in and say it in your own way. That's really important. And I think for the customers or people in the audience, they can really feel the authenticity. Don't focus on your first two lines to be perfect bang on, <laughs> right? Practice, practice, practice. Yes, that's important, but um, don't follow a script. Just follow the overall idea and add in your own tone, add in your own voice. All right. So someone starts getting their branding on point and business starts soaring. Like for you, what was the journey into real estate and how, and how did these principles carry in? 
Yeah. Uh, we've always been interested in real estate and kind of doing it ourselves, um, but uh, but making it into a business. So it's really interesting. Um, when I was in ER <laughs> or when I got out of it, I was like, oh, we got to do things differently now. Like we're going to restructure things. We're going to do things differently. And then one of the, the immediate, um, uh, I guess, light bulb moment I had was, let's create another company. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was for real estate because, um, you know, in PR, um, or in any of our businesses, it's great that we can maybe find uh, somebody to hand things over or merge or whatever. Um, but real estate to me at the time, and even today, uh, now is something that can really generate passive income for me. So I don't need to be in my business all the time, right? Um, and really f- focus on where, what I'm good at um, and, and hired a team to focus, uh, you know, to do all the ex- uh, other execution. So it's the passive income that really uh, spoke well to me. And I would say that after the incident, I, I, I've only shared it with very close friends and family members because to me, it was a failure on my part. Failure to take care of myself, failure to time manage, failure to hire or and train good people. Is it my process that, like, what is it, right? It was, it was a big failing moment for me and it didn't it, it took at least a, a year and a half or two years um to for me to really speak openly about it and once i do i realized that uh, you know my previous accountant my previous um legal team and a lot of young professionals had those moments of burned out um oh, yeah. and where they're in the hospital where they couldn't breathe um and i said guys we don't need to be like this uh, we we shouldn't be like this life and work should always be about fun you need to have fun at work um you need to love what you do and if we're feeling burned out we got to do things very differently and that was when i realized guys we need to build a real estate business um to a point where we need to help other young professionals who are burned out who um you know have really great uh, income jobs but they may be spending, especially social media um, personnel. Like you don't need that tenth Chanel bag, right? right? Invest your money into properties, into real estate that can generate income for you to support the lifestyle and the life that you want. So that was again that moment for me um, to realize that let's start a new business to help these and to serve these individuals. What would you say out of all your businesses and all of the roles within your businesses? What is your greatest strength? Wow. <laughs> um, this is a very tough question. Um, I, I still feel that I am somewhat uh, in between the owner and operator. I mean, I've been a business operator for many years, meaning I'm still actively involved in my business and pulling myself away from that is um, it's, 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 it's a challenging uh, step for me. Uh, and uh, we, yes, we are putting measures in place. We are re- reorganizing and restructuring everything. But still, it's like I want to know everything that's happening. How can I go in and improve, you know, certain process and certain procedures? Um, I would say my biggest strength is um, is really able to to talk to clients and have them and gain their trust on our expertise, guys. This is what we're. This is the trend that we're seeing in the in the next six, 12 months. You need to do this now. And I think, you know, looking back um, in all of our years in businesses, whether uh, it's ambassadors or celebrities who we think they should be working with, um, which retail store they need to be in, which markets they need to be in, um, we've 
kind of mentioned all those things in the few years before they even implemented it. So I think, you know, the greatest strength is to be able to see the market where the market is going and to be in, be one of the first ones in and really dominate and grow that space. Amazing. And what do you see as the vision for your business in the next 12 to 18 months? Um, we have a very aggressive plan. <laughs> Uh, so with all our businesses, we're grouping everything together. So we're bigger and stronger, um, and we are merging all our teams together so that, uh, each department and each company, uh, personnel are really, really collaborating with each other. Um, so, so that is what I'm really exciting to see. Um, I'm, I mean, we have about a few months half a year left in the year and I really have an aggressive plan to grow our business, um, you know, a hundred percent. So, you know, making a few tweaks here and there and, uh, you know, double our clients. Um, and, uh, so our businesses were in their prime prior to the pandemic. Uh, and we actually thought about, oh, maybe we should sell it. Right. But there was something in me, like, I know they have potentials to, to be so much bigger. Um, and then during the pandemic, especially with events and everything, we scaled back quite a lot. So now we're all, we're at that, you know, sort of in between teenage years. And, and my goal is to bring it back to the adulthood, bring it back to the prime and see where that takes us next. Awesome. Mandy, thank you so much for sharing about your life and your business and about the difficulty that you face by not taking care of yourself, but how you've been able to leverage these strategies to get back to a place of normalcy and even open another business that's going to permanently provide you with financial freedom, which is what we're all about here. So guys, if you're listening, write down something you learned, whether it be the branding strategy or how to tailor your message to your audience, whatever it might be, write it down, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. This freedom's acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 